0: Well, what's the best party you've ever been to? I'll tell you about one of the the parties I've been to. Pardon? Fat party, party, yes. Yes, fat party. Let me tell you about one of the parties I've been to. It was a friend of mine called Heather. It was her 18th birthday party. And uh, the theme on the invitation said, dress like Heather. And Heather is a girl, as you might have picked up. And if you've been around EV Youth a little while, you realize we get really into fancy dress. We love it. And so I got into it. I went to Erin Affair. I bought a brown wig. I borrowed some of my sister's clothes, which were disturbingly tight. And I turned up at this party. I even wore a little bit of makeup, because I was dressing like Heather. And the mum opens the door. She didn't say anything. She just goes, okay, they're, they're through there. And I, I go in out the back, and there are all these boys from Terrigal High School, and no one is dressed up. <laughs> it was very awkward. That's one party. One of the best parties I've been to recently was actually a party for my now, fiance Monique, it was her 19th birthday, and I decided we'd throw a surprise party for her. So, we invited all her friends and, um, and some of my friends. There was food, there was music, there was a pool, there, was, there, there were decorations, it was great. And when we, we drove up, I kind of thought there weren't many ca- boys, there weren't many cars there, and I was like, oh, okay, that's a bit. That's a bit of a shame, but I guess we'll still have a good time, whoever's here. What I didn't realize was my sister had told everyone to park around the corner. And so we walk into this room, we open the door, and there are a hundred of my friends packed into this room, all with those like party popper things, and streamers go flying and so much noise. And we announced actually that we were engaged and we're going to get married. And everyone was like screaming with excitement and some people were crying. It was really, really fun. Have you ever tried to imagine what sort of party you would throw if money was no object? If you had no limitation on how much money you could spend? I'll tell you what I would do. I have put a lot of thought into this. I would rent... Air a affair for the night. Get them to put all their staff on so that all the shops are open and everything you take from the shops is free. Money's no object. All the restaurants are open. That's all free. You've invited everyone that you would want to be there, not just your friends, but like, I don't know, you two's there plan, okay? And there's like dance music coming on and disco, the lights are doing disco stuff and everyone has rollerblades on, okay? <laughs> that is a good party. Now, more serious question for you though. More serious question for you. Who do you think would throw the better party? Me or God? Okay? Because here's the thing. God has a much bigger imagination than we've got. He invented mangoes. That's a cool thing. He invented bananas. That's totally different from mangoes. He didn't need to do that. He invented steak and he invented salt and he invented sugar. Let me guarantee you this. If if we can throw pretty good parties, God can throw a really good party. Tonight, here's the big thing that we're going to get from this passage. This is what Jesus wants you to hear. Heaven is going to be like a party. And you are invited. And there is no good reason to miss out. That's what we're going to see. Are you ready for this? Here's point number one. The kingdom of God is like a party. Okay? The kingdom of God is like a party. Now, if you've got your Bible there, have a look in verse 15. We're in chapter 14. And it says this, When one of those who were at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. So Jesus, he's at this dinner party. He's at the table there. He's eating at the house with all of these prominent Pharisees, it says in verse number one. The Pharisees are like the super really, really religious guys of the Jewish people. Okay, And so this guy is a religious guy and he's trying to impress Jesus. Dude goes like this. He's like, hmm, blessed is everyone who eats at the feast in the kingdom of God. He thinks they're saying quite a good thing. Now, what's the kingdom of God? He's basically saying, by the way, how stoked are you going to be to be in the kingdom of God? Now, what's the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is all of God's people with God as their king. That's basically what it is. He's the king, and it's basically what God is doing in his world. He's building his kingdom. He's gathering people to become part of his kingdom. And one day, God's going to put a stop to all of the evil mess in this world. Okay, He's going to remake it all Perfectly. That's heaven. That's what, that's what we're waiting for. And so the kingdom of God is God's people with God, hanging out with him forever in heaven with God as their king. And so if that's too much for you to hold into your head, just think about this. Kingdom of God is heaven. Okay? And so this guy is actually pretty spot on, even though he's just trying to impress you. He's pretty spot on when he says, blessed is everyone who eats at the feast of the kingdom of God. He's saying, how stoked would you be to go to heaven? But did you notice what he calls it? He calls it a feast. In that verse is he right is heaven going to be a feast well jesus wants to teach him a lesson so he tells him a story have a look at verse 16 i'll read it out jesus replied a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests what do you call it there what do you say heaven will be like a banquet now who here has been to an all-you-can-eat they are the best. Okay, I used to go to Pizza Hut, all you can eat, and without fail, every single time, I would vomit at the end. I ate so much. Now, I actually reckon this—the effect of what Jesus is saying here. Excuse me, God. I actually reckon the effect of what Jesus is saying here is lost on us a little bit because we've got stacks of good food all the time. But back then, a banquet would have been a really big deal. Food was pretty. Sorry, mate. Food was pretty scarce. It was hard to get food. It was kind of like just bread and, and you know, maybe occasionally a fish. Um, and so if an invite to a banquet was something really good. It was like saying to a homeless person, hey, come to Pizza Hut and have all you can eat, except even better food than that. But I reckon if Jesus was telling the story today, he'd have to kind of ramp it up a bit. So I think this might be something like what he would say, imagine a party at Flip Out, where like, um, everyone's just bouncing on trampolines while also playing laser tag and eating the best food ever while the lineup from Big Day Out is playing live music for you. Okay? In other words, heaven is the best party you can imagine. And here's, here's the first point. Sorry, guys, this isn't you talking. This is me talking. Here's the first point, and it's a really simple one. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God and in his story, he says, it's like a party, a banquet. And so I want you to think about whether your picture of heaven is maybe a little bit boring. Do you picture heaven as kind of like harps? I don't know how you play a harp. And white dresses and clouds. It's going to be nothing like that. It's going to have, you're going to have physical bodies and a physical world to live in. okay, With God. And it says in the Bible, 100% joy. Forever. Nothing painful, nothing sad. You know that moment that you never want to end? Guys, what is wrong? Can we please just listen? Thank you. Um, You know like that moment that you never want that moment to end? It's just like that, forever. And so guys, know this tonight, that this is not something that you want to miss. And in fact, if you think about it, what are your alternatives? Jesus says... You've got a choice between heaven or hell. If you don't believe me, I'm not making that up. Just read chapter 16. Jesus talks about it. And so guys, know this, that heaven is like a party and that is something you do not want to miss out on. And what we've actually got in this passage that we're reading tonight is a gigantic invitation. As Jesus is telling this story, he's actually telling us that God is inviting us to be part of his kingdom. And I want to tell you a really crucial detail. How much does it cost? Well, Jesus says entry is free. It's not like it's the best party in the world as long as you can afford it. It's not like Big Day Out where the, the ticket is $285. God has already paid for it. The rest of the Bible actually makes this clear. You need to understand this. Here's God, here's us. And there's actually a barrier in between God and us. That's our sin. And because of our sin, the way we have treated God, we actually deserve to be kicked out of heaven. We don't deserve to be in heaven But The good news of the Bible is that because of what Jesus has done, that sin has been taken away. Jesus died on the cross and took away that sin so that we can come to God. And so here, Jesus is able to say, come on in. If you trust in me, if you take me up on my offer. And so if you tonight think, I've stuffed it with God. I've stuffed it up. Jesus would say to you, no, there's forgiveness. God offers forgiveness if you'll accept it. And so please hear me in this right now, tonight. God is inviting you to join his kingdom forever. And he's inviting you to join it for free. But you've got to accept the invite. And that's the second thing we're going to quickly see in this passage. There's a tragedy. And here's the tragedy. Jesus says that heaps of people will miss out on this. Check out what happens. I don't think I think you find it hard to believe. Number two, here's point number two. Heaven is like a party. And too many people miss out on it for dumb reasons. See, God, he's rented out wet and wild. He's invited all of the cast of Master Chef, and he's bought every pizza hut in Australia and they're all there. Party's ready to go. It's time to get the guests. And so verse 17, read along with me. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who've been invited, come, for everything is now ready. So... In this story, this guy's invited heaps of people. It's like God. He wants heaps of people to be there in heaven. But even though they've all ticked coming on Facebook, or at least they've ticked maybe. Have a look at what happens in verse 18. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I've got to go and see it. Please excuse me. Now that is a really lame excuse. Jono once had a girl say no to him for a date because she had to wash her dog. That is a lame excuse, but I think this is lamer. Here's what he's saying. I bought a field. I've got to go look at it. Uh, wait on. Will the field be there tomorrow? It's very hard to steal a field. Have you noticed that? The field is probably still going to be there the next day. He's just making a lame excuse. He can look at it. You know, fields, fields suck. Parties are good. The next guy, look at verse 19. Another said, I've just bought... Five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Now, I think that's a better excuse than the first one. Here are my 10 cows, and I'm going to go try them out. Wait on. You're not going to go do anything with them. You're not doing anything. You're just trying them out. Could you try them out tomorrow? They're just cows. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon that's another dumb reason to miss a party. Have a look at the next guy. Still another said, I just got married. So I can't come. Now, wait a second, I'm about to get married. Does that mean I have to stop going to parties? Wait, no, no, no. Can't I just bring my wife? I can still come. And I reckon this is worth saying, because at the moment it's like popcorn with the number of people getting married. They're going all over the place. When Johnno got married, some of you guys know who that is. That same week, he started full-time work for our church, which is, I think, one of the most intense jobs that I've ever seen. And so when you get married, it is good to make sure you don't neglect you know, your husband or your wife. But don't put the rest of your life on hold. You get married to do life together, not to stop life and just be together. John Hanlon is getting married tomorrow. Some of you guys know Hanlon? Hanlon, they say. He's getting married tomorrow. Tonight, he's down there because he wants to tell his boys about Jesus. Hurricane, this guy's just making excuses. And so you get to verse 21. The servant came back and reported this to his master and then the owner of the house became, became angry. Here's the point Jesus is making. Heaven is like a party and too many people miss out on it for dumb reasons. These guys, they're just making excuses. And I guess you've picked up Jesus' story. It's not just about a guy in a banquet. It's about how people, us, you, respond to God's invitation to join his kingdom and come to heaven. Too many people get engrossed in this world and miss out on on heaven. God's invited all these people. They're all saying no, and they've got the lamest of reasons. Now, have you ever noticed that people have all sorts of excuses for not becoming a Christian? My friend doesn't want to become a Christian because he wants to have sex with his girlfriend. That's his reason. I've heard of people not wanting to be Christians because they're worried what people will think of them. Maybe you know your family wouldn't want you to be a Christian. I think some people think that they'll have to stop having fun if they want to be a Christian. Maybe tonight you're not a Christian. Or maybe you're not sure if you're a Christian. If, if the Kingdom of Heaven had a Facebook event, have you ticked joined? Have you ticked maybe? Or if you tick decline, and I should say this, you haven't ticked joined just if you go to a Christian school or call yourself a Christian. You've ticked joined if you've said to Jesus, I'm sorry, I have been rejecting you. Please save me. I want to live with you as my king. Have you ticked joined? And if not, what is it for you? I'm not asking about the person next to you. What is it for you that's holding you back? Do you just want to live your life for your favorite sport and not for God? Or is it that you just don't care? You don't have a particular reason. You just don't care enough. I want to say to you, whatever reason you have, it's not enough. You need to realize two things. Number one, that your excuse is like slapping God in the face. And number two, that your excuse is a really dumb decision. Let me unpack that. Number one, your excuse is like slapping God in the face. See, the kingdom of God, God is saying, come home. I want a relationship with you. I'll forgive your sins. I'll take you to be with me forever. Join my kingdom. And you're saying, eh, I've got better things to do. This is Almighty God. This is the King of the universe. This is the guy who made you and who loves you. And you're saying, eh, God, I've got better things to do. That's a slap in the face. But as well as that, it's not just that, it's a dumb decision. Here's what you're saying no to. You're saying no to heaven. You're saying no to 100% paradise, like the most unmissable party that you can possibly imagine. And for what? For 80 years, just 80 years of of something in this life. Do you know that compared to eternity, this life's like if you clipped your fingernail and put it on the edge of the freeway to Sydney. That's 80 years and then it's eternity. Anything that you choose over God will look ridiculous compared to eternity. 30 seconds into being in hell, you'll regret whatever it is you chose over God. And 30 seconds into being in heaven, you won't regret one single sacrifice that you made for God. And so guys, whatever your excuse is, let me ask you this, is it worth missing out on heaven for? I'll tell you three things I've seen that young people often choose instead of God. Number one, a relationship. Usually it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Sometimes it's just some good friends. And they start to lead you away from God. And I wonder how many people end up in hell because of a relationship. Not because the relationship itself is a particularly bad or sinful thing, but just because it made it enough of a distraction that you never accepted God's invitation. And I actually think that the number one thing that I've ever seen drag people away from God is is a relationship. Now that can be a non-Christian boyfriend or girlfriend. Don't go there. But it could also be a Christian boyfriend or girlfriend if they become enough of a distraction to you that ultimately you forget about God. Number two, I meet a crazy number of people who choose between wanting a job and Jesus. The way it starts out is occasionally you get a shift on a Friday night and you have to miss youth. Then they think, well, actually, you don't have to go to youth to be a Christian, which is true, but it's very hard to stay a Christian unless you go in a youth group or a church service where you can get encouraged and keep learning. And so they end up drifting away. Don't let it be you. Number three, school. For some people, it's school or Jesus. You know, school's pretty busy this year. I'll wait, you know, maybe put the Jesus stuff on hold for a bit until the holidays and then then I'll sort it out. Problem is, by the time the holidays come, those same people, you're not thinking about Jesus, you're thinking about your holidays. And then that cycle repeats. Everyday normal things like money, like a job, relationships, they can be very dangerous things if they prevent you from coming to Jesus. Because the world is full of things that... You could choose instead of of Jesus. But I hope you're hearing in this passage, no excuse is a good excuse. And so please listen to me here. This is from the bottom of my heart. I really do care about you guys. And I really do believe these things are true. And I know heaven is going to be so worth it. And so please accept the invitation tonight. Receive Jesus' gift. Join the kingdom. Don't think you can continue to hold God at arm's length forever. This passage has a warning for the excuse makers. I'll read it to you. It's verse 24. I tell you, not one of those who were invited and, and made the excuse will get a taste of my banquet. These guys are invited, they refuse, and they won't even get a taste of heaven. Have you tonight accepted Jesus' invitation to become part of God's kingdom? If you know that you need to do something about that, do it tonight. Don't wait till it's too late. There's one last thing we're going to see in the passage tonight. Because you've got to make sure you're coming to the party. Let's be clear on that first. But then, number three, heaven is a party and you are in charge of the invite. Have a look at how the story finishes. Because after the guests make all those lame excuses, verse 21, the servant came back, reported this to the master, and then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. The host goes, fine, if if my guests don't want to come, I'll fill my party some other way. And I love the picture of God here. He's the God who gets the people that everyone else overlooks. The crippled, the poor, the blind, the lame, the lonely, the neglected. But then read verse 22. There's still room, sir. The servant says, what you've ordered has been done and there's still room. And so he just just starts inviting people that up till now, they wouldn't have even heard of this guy. Verse 23. Then the master told the servant, go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. And so now we're dealing with complete randoms. The servant's going to them saying, come on in, my master wants you to come to his party. Anyone's welcome, just come with me. And here's what I want you guys to see. The host of the party, who's that? That's God. Who do you think the servant is? The servant is us. And and Jesus is saying here, it's a picture of a pretty amazing role that you and I get to have in this. We get to go out to the whole world and say, come, be part of God's kingdom. Guys, this is our mission at EVU. This is your mission, you, sitting right where you are. And when you leave here, most of the people in your school don't know about Jesus, don't know about the party that he's invited everyone to, don't know how to accept it. Most of Australia doesn't know about Jesus and his party yet. There are whole nations that don't know about this yet, and they're lost until they can hear about this invitation and accept it. And we get the amazing mission of going out to all those people and telling them about God's kingdom and how they can be part of it. Do you know how many teenagers there are on the Central Coast? 40,000. And do you know probably about 98, 99 out of 100 haven't yet accepted this invitation. We've got to get that invitation out. Our vision here at EV Youth is to see thousands of people come to know Jesus. And so guys, please, this term, we want to go crazy in inviting people to youth group, don't we? We want to go crazy in telling people about Jesus who can save them. I'll give you a tip. Just start by asking them what they believe. But guys, get some of those flyers. You'll get some later tonight and take a bunch and hand them out at school so your friends can hear. It'll be the best spread if you know what I'm talking about there. Invite them to youth group. Invite them to G-Team. Because every single year we see people... Put their trust in Jesus and get eternal life in heaven. Can you guys give me a bit of a cheer if that excites you? Every single year we see people get eternal life in heaven. And I, want you to, I just want you to imagine that that might happen to some of your friends. Start praying and start asking God to do that. This is the greatest news in the world. Don't be ashamed of this. Let's get on this and let's invite people to join Jesus' kingdom. I'm going to end by just telling you a story. About a lady named Thelma Howard. Okay, Thelma was a very normal sort of lady. She worked as a housemaid. She had a, a child that was disabled, so that made things hard for her. She was pretty poor. She lived most of her, her life just going from one paycheck to another paycheck. She never really had much savings. But here's where the, the story gets a little bit interesting, because she worked for Walt Disney. This is a true story. And you know, Walt Disney paid her, You know, Walt Disney made the movies. Yeah. Um, He paid her a fair amount, but each Christmas he'd give her an envelope which had a bonus in it, which was some shares to his company. She didn't really know what to do with shares. She thought they're probably important. And so every year what she would do, she'd stash that away in in a little drawer in a little house. And she worked for Walt Disney for 30 years. And in 1994, her small, humble life came to an end. She died in a nursing home at the age of 80. Her son was in a, in a moderately priced full-time care facility. And Thelma had always lived a very modest, frugal life because she never had much money. However, when they were sorting through Thelma's possessions, they discovered all of these shares in the company Disney and she'd never sold a single share. Can you guess how much it was worth? $37 million dollars. She'd been living this really poor life. She could have used that money. She desperately could have used it. She died never touching it. It was just sitting there in a drawer. The easiest thing that could have changed everything for her was right there and she never did anything about it. And the reason I'm telling you this story tonight is because the most valuable gift you could ever possibly be offered is on offer for every single one of us, for all of us, whether we realize it or not tonight. God is holding out a gift to you. An invitation to something so incredibly better than anything else this world could ever offer. And that invitation on offer tonight is this heaven. Which will be the most amazing party you can imagine. But there's that warning about this gift that many people miss out on it because we're too blind to see it. And so number one, my prayer is that we will see what's on offer. And number two, that no one in this room would miss out for any reason. And number three, we'll be determined to share this offer with anyone who listen. If you want to accept this offer tonight, I'm going to tell you how you can do it. Say to, say to God, I'm sorry, I have been rejecting you. I have been treating you wrong. Thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus to save me. Please. Please forgive my sins. Please give me this amazing gift of heaven. And please help me to live with you as my king from now on. Sorry. Thanks, please. If you want to become part of the kingdom, Why don't you say that to God with me right now? I'm just going to pray that exact thing. Father, I'm sorry for the way that I've lived mistreating you. Thank you for Jesus who takes away my sins so I can come and join your kingdom. Please forgive my sins. Give me this gift of being in your kingdom and heaven forever. And please help me to live my life with you as my king from now on obeying you.